Hey ladies, welcome to the Bus Mob Podcast, a breast and body positive resource that was created for the extraordinary women of Bus Mob. Now, if you aren't familiar with Bus Mob, we're a community of kind and supportive women who are really just cheering each other along on our booby journeys. Now you can join us for free and connect with thousands of other ladies at busmob.com. I'm your host, Jenny Eden, and I'm joined by one of my favorite people, Greta Nance, and we have such an exciting show for you today. So today we have a special guest with us, Julie, who's in Bus Mob and a patient of ours at Amelia Aesthetics. And I asked her to be on our show today to share her story with us because she has what's known as a tubular breast deformity, which a lot of us know as tuberous breasts. And I know her story will really just encourage and empower a lot of you out there who may have this and who you may not have this or you have it and don't know you have it, kind of like Julie's story. So we just wanted to talk about it and let you know. Like there are options and Julie is here with us to tell her story. Hi. So, yeah. Thank you, well, Julie. Thanks for having me. Yes. So, you know, I, um, earlier this year, I wanted to explore breast augmentation and I'm 52 years old and I am just now exploring breast augmentation. I see a lot of ladies out there that wait until after their kids are grown and want to do it. Well, I got to the point where my, I was just not happy with what I was seeing in the mirror anymore. Um, I've always been small chested and for the listeners out there, I'm all, you know, I'm a curvy girl. So I'm probably like a size 14, um, for the most part. And, uh, I, it it just never seemed like my breasts fit my chest. Mm -hmm. I was always athletic. You know, I spent years being a fast pitch softball player and I thought, well, I'm just athletic. You know, I don't, you know, I'm just going to have small chest. That's just because I'm at, you know, I'm moving the muscles around doing all this Mm -hmm. type of thing. And that just wasn't it. So I came in for an orientation here at uh, Amelia, and um, after I left that, I thought, yep, it's time. My time has come. I need to explore this a little bit more. So I set up a consultation with Dr. Rowden, and um, I was a little, I I didn't really know what to expect on the consultation. I had a ton of questions to ask. And of course we go into the exam room and she gives me one of these lovely little paper um, (laughs) vests to put on Mm -hmm. and and I, you know, she pulls it back and she goes, oh, well, I know what your situation is. Uh, you're, you've got tubular breast deformity. And as you can imagine, I'm coming in just thinking, I'm just going to have a breast augmentation. <laughs> and I hear the word deformity. <laughs> what does this mean? Like, oh, no. What do I have? <laughs> and in, our, in the initial interview with Dr. Routon, I the one thing I wanted to point out to her is I wanted shape for some ladies, you know, maybe they just want volume or big boobies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just wanted what in my mind was considered normal for a female breast anatomy. And I didn't feel like I had that. I had cute little boobies back in my twenties mm-hmm. that with weight gain, weight loss, pregnancy, age, gravity, everything now at 52, they were changing a lot. I had very asymmetric breasts. I had one size that was one side that was completely one side's cup smaller than the other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this stinks to buy a bra. (laughs) I mean, just to pull something off a rack, it just just never would work for me. So I was telling her about all this. And I, and she, when she saw that I had tubular breast deformity, uh, she threw a a curveball at me because (laughs) she said, I really believe you need a lift. And I'm thinking I need a lift because I have small breasts. (laughs) Wait a minute. You know, I'm thinking larger breasted women. I've had a lot of kids. Those those are the people that get breasts. Uh, lifts and everything. And she says, no, if you want to create the shape, we've got to do a lift on you. And 
So as you can imagine, I came out of the consultation. I was like a little overwhelmed, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, man, I, I've got tubular breast deformity, which I didn't <laughs> think I had. I have Now I've been told I have to have a lift in, and an augmentation. <laughs> so I went home and tried to wrap my head around all this. Well, first thing you do is start to research. And that's what I encourage anybody to do is go out and research the situation. Um on me, I found that when I started researching, I could find pictures of people that have bre- uh, tubular breast deformity. Some are severe, in what I consider severe, like flat-chested and maybe really poofy areolas. Um, some might have a normal breast on one side, and somebody, uh, and then they may have a uh, an abnormal one on the other side. Um, some just have different shaped breasts. The biggest correlation that I found was that the area between the nipple and the crease is usually pretty short. Mm. So you've got to, in, in my discussion with Dr. Rout, she says, we got to create an area to put that implant. So thus, that's why the lift comes in there, not only in addition to the shape, but also creating that form so we can mm. get the implant in there to give you the shape that you desire. And so as I was researching everything, um, I found that it's actually a genetic defect. And thousands of women have it and they mm. probably don't know they have it. Um, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm in a, a group with a lot of people. So I didn't really feel so bad then after, right. I, you know, you, you feel like an outcast when you're told you got a deformity a lot of times, but there are thousands of women around the world that have tubular breast deformity. Um, in my case, I lacked fullness. So I didn't have a lot of fullness at the, at the upper pole of the breast and I didn't have curvature in the inner part of the breast. And that's what we were trying to create. Mm-hmm. And so once we went through that, then, um, then it was time to, uh, once I figured out what I want to do and I, I absorbed everything I was told, then it was, it was time to set up a surgery date. Was so. it hard for you to wrap your head around also adding a lift? Cause I know a lot of people yes. worry about scarring. Was that <laughs> yeah. your concern? Yeah, yeah. But I guess because I am older and you know, scars fade, exactly. That that's exactly the way I, I looked at it. And I, unless, you know, most of the time I'm going to have something covering my breast, you know, either a bra or, (laughs) you know, bathing suit or or a shirt of some sort. I really wasn't too worried about that. In fact, I am three months post-op and mine are kind of pinkish right now, but they continue to fade every day. And I, it just, the result versus having a scar that fade, you know, that's a no brainer to me. It was, it was no bother to me at all. Tell me about breastfeeding. I love that story. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, as I did my research, I I had my daughter when I was about 26 years old, and uh, I was anticipating that I would breastfeed my daughter. And as I did my research, and this doesn't happen for all women that have tubular breast deformity, I want to make that clear, but in my case, it did. Um, as when I got pregnant, I noticed I never, and I always wore sports bras when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, maybe this might have had something to do with it too, but it doesn't. <laughs> um, I found that women with tubular breast deformity oftentimes can't breastfeed because their mammary systems don't develop the way they should. Mm-hmm. And I went throughout my pregnancy wearing some sports bras thinking maybe I constricted too much. <laughs> maybe I didn't give them room to, you know, fill up with mm-hmm. milk. My breasts never changed size. They stayed the same from the time before I was pregnant to the well after I was pregnant. They just stayed the same. What was frustrating to me in the hospital when I was handing my child was that I was ready to start breastfeeding. She could latch on, but nothing was coming. She was crying and crying. Mm -hmm. Nothing was coming out. So lactating nurses came in to try and help me, and they're pulling at my babies. I was like ready to just kick somebody across the room. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they're like, there is milk in there. There is milk. I'm like, there is no milk in there. I'm telling you right now. I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel nothing. And eventually I just said, please just give me a bottle because my poor daughter was getting jaundice because, mm-hmm. you know, you need to get that in them to get that all everything out that's after birth. And um, finally, you know, I felt at ease with that. And then here it is 25 years later. And I'm told I've got tubular breast deformity. And the light bulb goes off after talking with Dr. Routon. I bet you that's why I could not breastfeed. Mm-hmm. It's because my mammary system is different than a lot of other women's. So, And I love that you're telling that as part of your story because I bet there are so many women out mm-hmm. there who may have tubular breast deformity and have no idea. And they beat themselves up so hard because they can't breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize like it's not their fault. It's genetic. It's part of their DNA. Right, right. I mean, I, after I um, learned all this, I, it just, and I even talked with my daughter about that because I was always telling her, so I can never breastfeed you. And we joke about it now. I said, but there was a reason for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And she often asked me, she goes, if it's genetic, do you think I'll have it? You know, I go, I, I don't know. I said, really? I come from a family of very voluptuous women. <laughs> I don't know what happened with me, but I didn't get that DNA. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I, I am truly glad I went through the surgery. That's awesome. I mean, I, to listeners out there, if you have to get a, a lift and you are, are told you got tubular breast, and once you go through everything to get prepped for the surgery, um, you do have to get your head ready for it. I mean, I knew I was going to be sore. I knew I was going to have scars. I knew that if I wanted to have the shape that I wanted, I'm going to have to take a little bit of rest doing this. And I'm going to have to have a little bit of work done, you know. And uh, we set up the surgery. I have, ne- I had never had surgery in my life. That's probably why I never did a breast augmentation sooner. I really wanted it years ago, but I was had this fear of being put under, you mm-hmm. know. And I never didn't know how my body would react. And I'm happy to say everything went great. I had no <laughs> issues at all. Um, we did have to work on one of my breasts a little more than the other because it was, as I mentioned, I was asymmetric. So one of my side, um, my left side, the areola was a little bit bigger. So in order to match the other side and to also match the breast tissue that had to come out on that side, um, that had to be worked on a little bit more. So I was, I was a little bit more beat up on that side, but (laughs) you know, I mean, and I had a little bit of bleeding, which is to be expected Mm -hmm. when that type of, when you do a lift like that, um, not every woman goes through that, you know, it just depends on the situation, but, you know, I kept in close contact here with the uh, nurses and the doctor here at Amelia and just making sure everything was going fine and, you know, everything seemed to go well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what did you choose when it came to size and all of that? So I opted for now because I mentioned I'm a curvy girl, mm-hmm. I truly am big boned. So I had noticed throughout my research and being on bus mob, that a lot of the younger ladies, we're not even necessarily all ages, really. Um, they may average between 12 and 14 centimeters in a, a breast width, mm-hmm. but I'm actually a 17 breast width. I've even seen some women say they're 21. Mm-hmm. I mean, just dep- mm-hmm. everybody shapes so differently. Definitely. And, um, my upper body is bigger. And now that I have, New boobies. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I bet I, I probably wear a size 16, 18 top one now because I got to leave room for the girls. <laughs> and then, you know, bottom's like a 14. But um, what I noticed is that, um, well, I opted. I wanted something that looked very natural. I mean, it looked right on my body. Mm-hmm. The challenge, because I had tubular breast deformities, I had to fill in some gaps. So we looked at what would be the best profile for me. So we chose a moderate profile. I chose the gummy um, 
a silicone. And I, I chose a 695 cc, which on me looks just normal. Or on a, a young lady or or any lady, again, if they're narrower, it might look really big. Mm-hmm. On me, it looks normal. Right. So you really got to just have your consultation and, and look at your own body. I know it's hard because a lot of girls will want to compare stats on the mm-hmm. bus mob. And you really just have to be fitted yourself. It is you know? tough mm-hmm. when you see other people... With like three, maybe you see 15 girls with 400 cc's. Mm-hmm. They're going to look so different on all of those women because we're all shaped so uniquely. Yeah. yeah. So as I mentioned, I w- I am three months out from post-op. I have my three-month pictures taken next week. I've even kept, I and I encourage ladies to do this, take a picture every week because you don't really realize how much it changes. In the early stages from weeks one to three, I didn't think anything was happening. Oh, man. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, once the swelling started to go down, and I knew I was going to have frankenboob, I knew that, um, you know, one of the areas, my it, that inner curvature area that we were trying to develop on me, I didn't think was changing. And as the drop and fluff starts, and, it, and once the swelling starts to go, I would say by week five, and then I look back at week one, it, you know, take weekly pictures, at least during those first three months. Mm-hmm. I've noticed now it's slowed down a little bit. So I'll probably take pictures once a month from three months on out. But you can really see the difference. And I, I mean, I am tickled to death at what I'm seeing, you know, and I, I can tell because I went two weeks ago to finally buy bras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it was actually fun for <laughs> once, you know, and uh, I would pick a bra off the rack and knew it was going to fit and it fit both cups. I didn't have to, you know, <laughs> yay! yay, one cup, you know, I used to put a finger on it. It would just stay indented. It would drive me <laughs> crazy, you know, and, and now I can just go by. I know kind of what my size is. So I basically, you know, I mentioned I was like a CD cup. I'm like a double D now. Looks normal on me, but both breasts are symmetric, mm-hmm. which is the biggest thing for me. And the shape looks good too. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So what would your advice be to women who maybe know they have tuberous breasts, but they're too embarrassed to even come forward to have the conversation with the surgeon? I bet you a lot of women probably don't know they have tubular Mm. breasts. They see something's a little different with theirs. Some of the pictures I've reviewed, um, you know, some women will, you know, explain their breasts looking like tube socks because they are tubular. They have that tubular form. In my case, they were triangular, uh, more of a um, they, that they look triangular. There was just no fullness. A lot of women may not even know they have it. If they're unhappy with the way their breasts look, I just encourage just come for a consultation. If you, if you wonder if you can fix this, I can tell you there is hope. I didn't know. And once I learned about tubular breast deformity, I thought, oh man, am I really going to be fixed? Mm. Did I think I'm going to come out with just voluptuous, <laughs> you know, breasts? I knew there was a lot of work that had to be done. Now for me, I'm tickled to death. Could could I do more if I want? I don't know. I don't. My body anatomy may not be able to, but we sure made a huge improvement, and I am just I'm thrilled over it. And so I'd encourage women just to come in and talk to the doctor. You know, you don't, you're not under an obligation. Let right. them look because because they do so many different cases. They should be able to just look nowadays and tell you what's going on with your breast. Mm-hmm. You know whether it's tubular or not, and it may not be. Some are borderline. I did find that out a lot. Some women um, teeter on the edge of whether or not their plastic surgeons will say, eh, I don't know if you need a lift. Mm-hmm. And you may not even need one. You could just have a regular. I've seen some great pictures of women that didn't need to have lifts who have tubular breasts. So you really need a consultation to be able to help you with that. Right. 
Well, thank you, Julie, so much for telling your story. I know for a lot of people, this would be really difficult. And Mm -hmm. you have been such a rock star (laughs) talking about it. Well, I hope it helps some women out there because I know um, as I was doing my research, I did find a lady in England Mm -hmm. and I kind of, it was on YouTube, I think, who had posted something about tubular breast. And I I went out and I thought, "Eh, I'm just curious and Oh my gosh, there were my boobs. No. <laughs> in England. I mean, in England. I, I like this woman had the closest of what I had. And I was so glad that she came forward mm-hmm. and gave her story and then showed her after because she had to have a lollipop lift like I had to have. And I was like, that was it. That was the game changer. I'm like, if she can change and look that good, then I know there's hope for me. Mm-hmm. So definitely look into it. Very cool. And if you guys out there think you might have tuberous breasts or you have questions about it, get in Bus Mob because Dr. Routon is in Bus Mob. Whether you choose the Facebook Avenue or the standalone form that we have at busmob.com, you can submit your photos to her. She can take a look and like give you her best advice for your specific scenarios. So get in Bus Mob. <laughs> And Julie's in Bus Mom. That's right. So and- look me up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've actually done some posts just to try and help some ladies. I showed some uh, um, before and afters. I, I'm, I'm, because I honestly did not like the way mine looked. So I, but I did have, I do have some in there that show like three weeks after, mm-hmm. and I'm in some different um, wireless bras and things. Just the change. Mm. I mean, just to see it is is unreal. So that's so cool. Yeah. Well, go check out Julie's yeah. pictures too. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Thanks again.